very well. But I've also seen the other side of it where, you know, women can have long-lasting effects from their parents getting divorced when they were, say, 10 years old. You know, a woman is now 40 years old, and she's still dealing with some of those issues that happened at 10 years old because it wasn't handled in the right way, and she hasn't dealt with some of those residual issues. Right. I remember, and it's just like it was yesterday, I remember, uh, well, my parents, you know, they were married um, for obviously most of my my little, little years, but I remember them separating somewhere around the third grade or so, second mm-hmm. or third grade. And I remember my mother taking me to a hotel, and she was going to break the news to me there. And in our family, there were no signs. My family was, you know, we, they didn't fight, in other words. There wasn't a lot of drama. There wasn't no signs. And so we went to this mm-hmm. hotel, my mother Uh, Like I said, she took me out of town to break the news, and we laugh about it now, but it really was not funny back then. But I remember little snippets of of the conversation, and when she said the words, I remember just crying hysterically. My mother describes how I started like pulling my hair and and hitting my head against the wall and just I mean to the point where it frightened my mother <laughs> like mm-hmm. what in the world but I just didn't know how to process it and I remember years after that though they had uh, again not a lot of drama that I was exposed to but I remember something changing I remember dealing with feelings of, you know, just questioning, is it something that I did? Could it have been my fault? Maybe if I had done this differently. As a child, I remember carrying that. Um, Mm -hmm. I remember feelings of just longing for my father. Um, Though he was still active in my life, he would see me once a week, but just having him outside of the house left a void there. And because, you know, we didn't have a whole lot of resources back then that I was aware of and that my parents were aware of, I didn't get maybe the kind of help that's available now. So I say all that and I recall all that because, like I said, it's like it was yesterday. But for listeners Mm -hmm. who are tuning in today and girls in particular who might be dealing with feelings of rejection or feelings of, Uh, perhaps it was my fault, maybe there was something that I did, that guilt, that shame, that all of that. What what advice can you share with them in dealing with those feelings? Well, the first thing is that it is not your fault at all. This was an adult decision that was made by, you know, your parents. It had nothing to do with you as the reason for the divorce. It does affect you, but it it is not your fault. So I want to make that very clear. And no matter what, you're trying to make sense of it. That's what we do as children, as teenagers, trying to make some kind of sense of why my world is being turned upside down. And it's my world. At that point in our development, everything is about us. So, of course, it's my fault (laughs) because everything is about me. And please, please, please don't take that on because it is not your fault. It's whatever was going on in your parents' relationship the marriage just wasn't working anymore, and they felt that it was best that they separated. So I want to make that, I want to put that out there 
first. And it may be difficult for you to accept that, but please know that it's the truth. It is not your fault. And also, you don't have to take sides. Although your family may be separate now or they may be living in two different homes, you can still love each of your parents equally, and they can both still be equally as important to your life. If you need more from one of your parents, express that to them. This is a time where it's okay for you to feel like it's all about you because you're the one that's really dealing with the most change because you had no voice in making this decision. So it's time for you to express yourself. So express how you feel. There are different emotions you could be having right now. You could be feeling stressed. You could be sad, angry, frustrated that you maybe have no control in this situation. Um, You could be worried about what's going to happen in the future now. You could feel guilty. Maybe, you know, you feel like I, I wasn't a good kid or if I had just gotten more A's and B's on my report card. That's not true. You could feel abandoned by the parent that maybe is moving out or or that you're not living with anymore. And you may be relieved, and it's okay to feel that way too because there are some some marriages that maybe they are best separate. Maybe a child has been around too much fighting and drama. Now, you didn't have that experience, but many children do, and they may be feeling relieved that their parents now are getting divorced, and maybe they'll have some peace of mind. Wow, that's good. Where were you? Where were you when I was coming up? (laughs) That's what I want to know. I need to be a crystal in my life. Um, That's why we do what we do now, because we didn't have it, so that's why we do what we do now. (laughs) That is right. Now, I thought it was really interesting when you talk about feeling like you have to pick sides, because that's something that we see, that, you know, allegiance to one or the other. Um, And really, you can really see it a lot when girls are feeling like they are being pulled between the parents, if there is a bitter divorce or perhaps a parent is sharing a little bit too much information with their daughter. And so their view of their other parent can be skewed or, you know, can can be a little bit different. And so mm-hmm. I think that it's great that you shared with young girls that that is grown folks' business and mm-hmm. don't feel like you have to pick sides. Like if I am loyal and if I have love for my mother because they're not together, that means that I have to hate my father or vice versa. Um, mm-hmm. If you feel like even when it comes to, when I talk about having too much information, I mean, we know that all divorces don't end in a, in a good way, where everybody is on one accord and just mm-hmm. come to that agreement. But a lot of it comes from things, to be honest, I mean, we've got infidelity issues, cheating, just all kinds of things. And so when a young person is privy to those kind of details. How can they deal with those feelings of anger, of, you know, just frustration, hatred towards the parent who they may see in their eyes is responsible for that? How can they deal with all of that? Well, I would say they need to ask themselves, is what they think true or is it something that they created in their mind? Because that is something that we can also do as teenagers. So it's like we say, that it's our fault, we can also make it be one of our parents' fault. And it may not be true. It may just be a mutual decision, or it could be the other parents, you know, quote-unquote fault, and you just don't know about it. So sometimes they they may be getting little pieces of information but don't know the whole story. I would basically say, bluntly, that's not your business to decide 
<laughs> between the parents' fault it is. Your part is to take care of you and ask for what you need from your parents to help you feel as best as possible going through a difficult situation. But it's not you're not a mediator and you're not the you're not an adult. So you really don't need to be that concerned with who did what, to whom, when and where and why things are happening the way they are, typically. Now there are situations where there may be abuse and things like that where kids do need to be asked certain questions about things that happened. And that's a completely different situation. But if it's just something you know, was between the two adults, then you don't need to really be that concerned with that. And like I said, you said then they feel rejected by a parent, specifically maybe a daughter by her father. Ask yourself, is he really rejecting me or is this just how I feel? Our feelings are not always true. It just may be a feeling. And I think it's great that you mentioned the fact that they have a voice and they need to use their voice, of course, in a respectful manner. Um, yes. But, yes. you know, if if you are feeling like I am rejected and, Dad, why did you leave and why can't I see you, why can't we spend time, mm-hmm. process all that, pray about that, but also communicate that, what you need. Dad, I'd like yes. to spend more time with you. I'd like to talk to you more often. I'd like you to come to my games. Mom, you know, I I want us to do things together. I mean, just whatever it is that you're dealing with, know that you have a voice and learn to use your voice in a, like I said, a respectful manner, but to communicate. Communication is key. And it reminds me of something else, which I hadn't really even thought about, when you talk about a divorce being like a death, and Mm -hmm. we know in death that you mourn and there's a time to mourn, and it's not a certain number of weeks or a certain number of months or even years. It can it looks different for everybody. But how can a young person deal with a parent who is mourning the loss of their spouse? Great question. Um, first of all, you don't have to take care of your parent. That's not your role. And if you see maybe that your parent, maybe they're depressed, or you see them being sad, something like that, It's not your role to take care of them, but maybe you can say, maybe, Mom, if you're old enough to say something like this, or, you know, even a five-year-old could could see something's wrong, maybe say you need to talk to someone or, you know, let's pray, things like that. But go to maybe your school counselor, go to your aunt or your uncle, your your mom or dad's best friend, because I think Mommy needs to talk or dad needs to talk, but don't take it on as your responsibility to make them feel better, and don't take it on as the other parent did something to them. It's just the process of going through a divorce. Right. For those that are dealing with divorce and the parent, you know, has obviously moved out, can you talk a little bit about dealing with the transition of visitation and going from one home and visiting another parent at another home and just the stress of that and how a young person can cope with that type of change? Oh, my goodness. It's, 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 it's a difficult situation and acknowledge that it's a difficult situation. I hope the parents would acknowledge that it's a difficult situation and it's going to take some time to adjust. I mean, you've been living in your house with both your parents for however many years and now all of a sudden you have another room somewhere that you go on the weekends or, you know, once a week. But one thing is to try to personalize your room at the at, at another home. Maybe you, maybe if if your parents are amicable, you can work together to to bring some of 
your other home to your new home. Do things like work together to make sure that you feel that is a, it is a home and a part of your life. Anytime you're feeling something, just like we've been saying the whole time, express it. You know, I don't really feel comfortable here yet because, you know, or I have trouble sleeping here because I'm used to sleeping at home or I don't like only seeing you on the weekends here in an apartment. You know, it could be something like that. Um, but express yourself and what you need to help you adjust to living in two different places. And if there's something that your parents can do to make it better, most parents will be happy to do it. There may be some tension between your parents, so maybe only one of your parents comes to your games now, but you really want both of them there. If you can, sit down and talk to them and say, I really, really need both of you there. So maybe we can have Uncle so-and-so sit between you <laughs> so that you guys can both come to my game. And if you need help with something like that, I'm sure you, you know an adult that would sit down with you and your parents and help you express these things. Now, another thing that I thought about was for those young people who have adjusted fairly well to having to make visitations at another parent's house, but when they get back they feel like they are drilled or that they're on being drilled by the judge on what did you do and what did he say and, and who was she with and just, you know, just mm-hmm. all of that. How can a young person respectfully express how that makes them feel uncomfortable? Because sometimes parents are not aware. Sometimes the questions come out of a real concern. The parents, yeah. you know, it, it's different for everybody. And so because they're sending you and they're out, you're out of their sight and they want to make sure that you're okay and they don't know how you're living over there, questions are natural. Parents are mm-hmm. created to be the guardians. That's That's our role as parents. But... What if the questions are a bit much or they begin to stress a child out or make a child feel uncomfortable? Is there something that they can say respectfully to their parents to help them in that transition as well? Yes. Um, Well, first I want to say to any parents that may be listening, please don't do that. (laughs) Please don't put your child in the middle of that kind of situation. You're going to have to learn how to communicate with your ex-spouse one thing to do, just use, I mean, talk to them like you, you would talk to a coworker or, you know, in a business tone, if, even if you're not really getting along at that point, you're still going to be connected for the rest of your life by your child, and you have to find a way to communicate effectively. So if you're communicating with your ex-spouse, you don't have to drill your child. I think most of the time parents drill their children because they aren't speaking to the other spouse. So if that's worked out, then you won't have to put the child in the middle. Uh, the child that's dealing with this, I think a respectful way to deal with it was you should, maybe you should ask Daddy about that, or maybe you should ask Mommy about that. Mm. Or the word you used is, that makes me uncomfortable when you ask me so many questions about what I do when I go over there. I think those would probably be the most respectful ways to say it. Or maybe when your parents are in the same room, maybe you can bring it up as one of your, you know, one of the things you want to talk about. I don't really want to come back from either home and have to answer a lot of questions. Maybe you guys can can brief each other on what we what I did at their home when you dropped me off or picked me up. Right. And I think it's important for young people who are listening to understand this, of course, is aside from any situation that's unhealthy. Obviously, if you go to a parent's house and you don't feel safe, whatever the situation is, that is something that you need to 
feel comfortable sharing with your parent because your safety matters. Your security yeah. matters, and and even letting your parent know this makes me feel uncomfortable. Um, you know, sometimes parents, um, there's so many different dynamics, and I know in a future show we're going to be talking and diving into the issue of blended families, which brings a whole different set of dynamics to the table. But yeah. again, just utilizing your voice, making your voice heard, and and speaking and sharing your heart. Um, in addition to doing that, Crystal, what other advice or suggestions would you give? I know that you mentioned your school counselor. What other things can young people do to deal with the emotions of, of divorce? Um, well, yes, a school counselor. Many schools actually have support groups for kids that are going through divorce, so you can re- request to be a part of a support group, and um, that's a safe place for you to talk about. Um, your feelings, and other kids that can relate to what you're going through. Um, Many churches also have something like that, but you can also talk to maybe a youth leader or, you know, your Sunday school teacher or even just another trusted adult in your life. Um, Another thing is to keep a journal. Maybe when this whole process starts, to start writing down how how you're feeling. Keep track of those thoughts and feelings and you know, then start reading your Bible and searching for scriptures that deal with the feelings that you're dealing with. Look to God in some of those situations as well, because he's the only one that can really heal what's hurt by the divorce. So the biggest thing, one of the biggest things I would say is to write a letter, and maybe some some kids may not be as verbal or as willing to speak up about what they're feeling, or maybe they can't even really verbalize it, but they can write it, or they can express it in art or in music, Something, some way to get these feelings out. And if you can't sit down and talk to your parents, that's another thing you can do is to write them a letter about how you're feeling about the situation, and that can open the door to maybe some healthy dialogue. And if you feel like your your situation needs uh, more help from a professional, you can tell your parents that, that you, you want to go talk to someone. Maybe you need a therapist to help you get through this situation. Um, many states it's required when you go through a divorce that you have to see a marriage and family therapist to help the process go a little more smoothly. But if you need help afterwards, it's okay to request that, uh, to be able to talk to someone. And your parents probably could, could use the help as well. All right. And for the parents who are tuning in and listening to the show today, what advice can you give them in helping their children cope? Uh, well, I do have seven tips for parents that are going through divorce to help their parent, their children go through this divorce. Uh, the first one is to maintain consistency and stability as much as possible. So even if they're in different homes, maintain the same schedule. Um, if they were being disciplined in a certain way, don't change it just because maybe you're the weekend parent. You need to children thrive on consistency and stability. Um, be a little bit more affectionate. They're going through something right now, so it's okay to give a few more hugs and kisses. Don't go overboard with it, but be a little bit more affectionate. Um, don't let them take care of you. You may not even be asking them to take care of you because you're sad or depressed, but notice 
if your child is doing that and talk to them about it and say, mommy's, mommy's going to be okay or mommy's getting help from another adult. This is not your responsibility. Um, keep them connected to their friends and activities. Try not to let them drop out of things because they're sad. And don't change schools or daycares if possible. Try to keep them in the same routine. Uh, reassure them about their basic necessities, that, the, that all our needs will be met. Many times when children, when, when they go through a divorce and they end up with the mother, you know, the mom wasn't working, so now mom has to work. Just make sure that they know that everything is going to be okay. We're still going to have money. You're still going to eat, things like that. And parents need to take care of themselves so your child doesn't feel like they have to take care of you and you can take care of your child during this difficult time. So ask for help when you need it. Reach out for help when you need it. Very good. And you you, you mentioned earlier just not involving children in grown folks' business. That's number eight. Yes, do not argue, yes, do not argue in front of your children. I forgot that one. I think I only said six. Yes, that was number seven. <laughs> Don't argue in front of them. Don't bring up any of those issues. <laughs> Stay as positive as you can about even your ex-spouse, because that is still their father, and you want them to have a healthy relationship, father or mother. You still want them to have a healthy relationship with their parent. All right. And in closing, can you address, because I know when some people go through divorce, it kind of skews their image of marriage and their hopes for marriage. Um, I know for me for a long time, I was like, I'm not getting married. I'm just going to work. I'm going to travel. I'm going to be a grown businesswoman, and that's what I'm going to do. And now, here I am, I'm married with children and the whole nine. But can you speak to young people who may have put their hopes and dreams of marriage on the shelf because of the divorce or separation of their parents? Any advice for them? It doesn't have to happen to you. Um, you can be different. You can make a different decision. Um, and just because it happened to your parents doesn't mean it's going to happen to you. Ms. Nicole is a great example of that. There are plenty of people in the world that have successful marriages that come from divorce, but you have to believe that you can have a successful marriage and work at it. It doesn't just happen. So know that it is possible and be realistic about your expectations of marriage, meaning that it can be good or bad but I'm going to believe that I can have a good marriage and I'm going to work towards having a good marriage. Don't let coming from a divorced household tear down your dreams of having a happy marriage because it's very, very possible. All right. Well, thank you so much, Crystal, for your expertise, for those uh, tips. And we pray that those that are listening, if you are dealing with divorce, if you're uh, a recent divorce or a divorce or separation that has happened years ago, just know that there are resources out here. There are There is help for you out here. She mentioned the churches. There are great programs like Divorce Care that are in many churches around the nation. Uh, there are also professional counselors that deal with family counseling and healing in this area. And, of course, for all the young people, there's always your school counselor. And if you reach out to one adult and you don't get the results, you don't get the response or the support, don't stop there. Ask somebody else. Share communicate, and express your feelings in one or several of the ways that Ms. Crystal shared today, whether it's art, journaling, 
um, just what have you. Just just get the feelings out and don't allow them to be bottled up inside. And most importantly, when it comes to young people, remember it's not your fault. Don't live with that guilt, all of those feelings that I dealt with as a young person. You don't have to carry that stuff around because it's not your fault. So thank you, Crystal, for joining us on A Prices Perspective, and we look forward to having you on the show next week to discuss blended families because we know that a great deal of people who divorce end up marrying within, you know, five years. I guess that's according to statistics. And so we want to begin to talk about that for young people who find themselves with step-parents and step-sisters and brothers and that kind of thing. So tune in to A Priceless Perspective. Again, thank you, Crystal, for joining us today. Thank you. Join the conversation. Visit us online at pricelessperspective.com or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. This show has been brought to you in part by Simon in the Rough Youth Development Program Incorporated and Gym Makers, LLC.